I pray that you let the Lord touch your heart uh, this morning. Let God get in. Make sure that you uh, break up that fallow ground of your heart. Let God's word uh, do a work on you this morning and uh, just blot out the world. Keep the world outside of you today. Just let God speak to you directly to your heart and I guarantee you'll be blessed by it. Amen. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 will be our message today. We'll begin there in verse 11, and we're going to go from about verse 11 to about verse 23. There in our text, Luke chapter 15, very familiar passage of Scripture. I'm sure you've probably heard this message, probably preached on a gazillion different times. Well, this morning you're going to get gazillion and one. And so Luke chapter 15, verse 11, and we'll get into our text here in just a few moments. I entitled my message this morning, The Great Awakening. And the reason why I entitled my message today as The Great Awakening is because that's exactly what we see take place in this young man's life. Now there comes a point in time in all of us where uh, we have this moment. You know, we, we have this moment in our life to where it seems like God just grabs a hold of us and just shakes us a little bit. And, you know, and sometimes, have you ever been out in a day somewhere just like, you know, like when a preacher's preaching and you're just like out there in a day somewhere? And, 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 and you, you get out there and you're thinking your own thing, you're doing your own thing, you know, and you're not really paying attention to really what's going on and you're there but you're not really there. You ever been like that before? I'm here but I'm not really here. Uh, and so sometimes in life we can kind of get that way and we're going through life that way. We're here but we're not really here. You know, I'm present but I'm not really present. And we can kind of in life just kind of go through it sometimes at like a daze. And as we're going through life in this, in this day, sometimes, you know, you, you ever get in that day and somebody says, hey, hello, you in there? You in there? And, we, and we're like, oh, yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah, what's going on? And so that happens in our life sometimes. You no, know, God just has to grab a hold of us and say, hey, are you in there? Will you wake up a little bit? And so uh, this is what I, that's why I entitled it The Great Awakening because we're going to see a young man here this morning that had this great awakening take place in his life because he definitely definitely needed it because if he kept going down the road that he was going if he kept going through life in this days while God was trying to speak to his heart and while he was while he was going through all these difficult situations in his life if he had kept going the way he was going then he would have ended he would have went I mean lived a disastrous disastrous life even far beyond into eternity worse than what he experienced and what we're going to read about here today and so sometimes in life God comes along and he has to shake us up a little bit so that we'll have this great awakening in our life so that we will see where we're at. We'll see what's going on and you know and so we'll kind of realize hey you know what this is what's happening. This is what's going on. I need to really get serious about my life. I need to get serious about who I am. I need to get serious about what's going on and I need to make a decision today to do something about it or you can keep living your life the way you're going and if you do where are you going to end up? Where's that, where's that path going to take you? And so that's going to bring us to our very first truth this morning. And I'm telling you this, I'm telling you that this morning because we've all been on that path. I mean, this is a worn out path. We've all been there. You know what I'm talking about. I've been on it. I've dwelled on it. I've walked it. I've run it. I've run it. I've done marathons on it. I know what that path is all about. And you do as well. And so as we take a look here this morning about this young man, the same thing was happening with him. And let's take a look at it. Let's read our text. Look at verse 11. This will be our first truth. 
And we talk about the parable of the lost son. Uh, and, of course, this is uh, a parable of one that is lost. Now, we often talk about this as uh, use it as by way of application of someone uh, that is backslid and come back to the Lord. You know, that's fine. But understand that the exact interpretation of this is the Lord Jesus giving an illustration of going out to find somebody that's lost and bringing them back. Now, let's take a look at it. Verse 11, the Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. Now, here I want you to write this down. This is the sinner's path. The sinner's path. The Bible says a certain man had two sons. Now, who do these two sons represent? Well, they're going to represent a different path in life. One's going to represent, hey, Jesus said himself, that wide is the way and broad, broad, wide and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many be that go in thereat. But narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. And so that just goes by interpretation, shows us that there are more people that are dying and going to hell today than they are dying and going to heaven. There are more people that are there are more people that are dying lost without ever knowing who Christ is than they are dying and, and, and enjoying heaven. But listen, when you read the newspapers, everybody's going to heaven. Amen? You read the newspapers, everybody's going to heaven. But listen, that's not so. That is not the truth. Listen, there are more people that are dying today and they're dying and going to a devil's hell, but they don't have to. They don't have to. And the Bible shows us here there's two sons. These two sons represent two paths in life. You can go down, you can go down this path which leads to destruction. Or you can go down this path, the narrow way, which leads to life, everlasting life, abundant life. So let me ask you this. As we think about the sinner's path, where are you at this morning? What path are you on? I mean, you know, you look down at your own feet, not anybody else's. Don't worry about anybody else's path this morning. You look at your own. You look at you look and see. You you see where you are. You look at your path. You look down at your feet and you say, okay, where am I at today? Where am I going? What direction are you facing? I mean, what where do you intend on ending up? Where where do you expect on being after this point? After today? I mean, what, where are you going? What what is your direction in life? And so we see right here. The sinner's path. Listen, there's a lot of people, a lot of folks that are walking on this path, this path that leads to destruction, this path that leads to a, uh, to, uh, this path that leads away from Christ, this path that leads away from, uh, from, from total forgiveness of sin, and this path that leads away from, from the Lord. And, and there are a lot of folks this morning, even sitting in church, that are on this path, walking away from God. So let me ask you, what path are you on? Are you on the path that is walking away from God or are you on the path that is looking forward to going to the Lord? If you died today, do you know where you'd end up? I mean, you ask yourself that this morning because listen, when you die, it's going to be between you and God, not between you and anybody else. Amen. When you die, it's going to be between you and God. It's not going to be between you and anybody else. Ain't nobody else going to be able to help you. Ain't nobody else going to be able to save you. It's going to be between you and God. And when you take that last breath, you better know exactly sure where you're going. You better know that without a shadow of a doubt that you know that you are saved, that you know you're on your way to heaven because once you take that last breath and once that heart stops beating for the last time, you can't go back. There ain't no, let's do this over. There ain't no second chances. When it is done, it is done and it is over and you better be prepared for where you're going. And there are two paths that folks are walking on today. They're either walking out here in this world, living like the devil, living like the world, or they are on this path over here, living an abundant life. And the Bible says that narrow is this way. Why is it? Why is it so many people choose to go this way and the broad way that leads to destruction than there is folks that choose to go the narrow way which leads to life? Because sin, sin is a pleasure. And people enjoy their sin 
And people would rather enjoy their sin than have bliss in heaven. Now let's take a look at it. So we see there in verse 11. We see that the Bible says, And he said a certain man had two sons. And so there we see the sinner's path. Which direction are you going today? Where are you heading? And notice the Bible says there in verse 12. The Bible says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. So not only do we see the sinner's path here today, but we also see the selfish pride. Notice what he said there in verse 12. You see that? The Bible says, and, and, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me. You know, that's, that's, that's when, we're, when we're living like the world. You know what we're more concerned about? You know who we're more concerned about? Ourself. We're more concerned about ourselves than we are anybody else. We're more concerned about uh, what, what I can have and what I can get. Listen, we're more concerned about what God can give me other than what I can give back to God. We're more concerned. We're all about ourselves. We become consumed with ourselves, and that's what he was. He was living a life that was consumed in his self. He said, Father, give me. I want, I want my inheritance now. In other words, it would, you'd be better off just dead. I don't even, even want to be here. I don't even want to live here. You know, the, the, the grass is greener on the other side. That's where I want to go. You know, it, it looks so much better over there. And, you know, oftentimes we go through these phases in our life. We say, you know what? It's got to be so much better. It's got to be so much better over there. I mean, look at what the world has to offer. I mean, look what they do. Man, the world's having so much fun. But then payday comes. Then payday comes. And sin has a price tag to it. The Bible does say that sin is a pleasure. The Bible says that sin is a pleasure. But the Bible also says not only is sin a pleasure, but it also says it's a pleasure that lasts for what? Somebody tell me. A season. A season. Now, how long is a season? Well, a season's just a little, little bit of time, right? Uh, a season's just a little bit of time. So the Bible says, listen, you can enjoy your sin. You can have fun. You can live in sin. and You can enjoy your sin because sin to the body, sin to the flesh is a pleasurable thing. I mean, that's what we do. We enjoy sinning because we think it's, it's, a, it's a pleasurable thing. But God says, listen, you can enjoy it. But understand this, it only lasts for a season. It only lasts for a short time. Because after you've enjoyed that sin and it's lasted for that short time, there's a, there's a payday that's coming. And that sin has a price tag far more than what you can ever pay. And you say, what is that sin? That sin, first and foremost, is death. That's what the price tag. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? death. The Bible says the waging of sin is death. And so the reason why we die is because we're sinners. And we all die because we're all sinners. And so, because the wages of sin is death, the devil's going to do everything he can, everything he can to get you to say, you know what, out there in that world, man, it is so much better. It is such a good time. Man, we just, I tell you what, you just, you just want to be over here. The devil paints this great picture of what it's like out here in this world. I mean, you've seen the, you've seen the commercials, the Budweiser commercials and all that stuff. They show the horses out there running around, prancing around, and, and they show all these funny commercials. They do it at Christmas. They do it all throughout the year, and they show these guys having a really good time sitting at the table, drinking the beer, women all around them, and all this kind of stuff. But you know what they don't show you. They don't, sh they don't show you the homes. They don't show you those homes where those kids are being beat. They don't show you those homes where, those, where that dad just spent all that money on all that alcohol and, 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 he's, and he's going home to us and beating on his wife and hurting his wife and hurting the kids and, and the kids don't have nothing because he's an alcoholic. They ain't going to show you that stuff. They ain't going to show you none of that. 
This world will paint you a big old picture of what, of what, it, of what it wants you to think reality really is. And it's nowhere near like that. The devil wants you to see this, this, this picture, this beautiful picture of what sin is all about. The sin is great. The sin is beautiful. It's no, we're not surprised. Because what did he do with Adam and Eve there in the garden? Why well, he walked them up to the very tree that God said don't eat of. And when they looked at that tree, the Bible says that, 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 that Eve, she looked at it and she saw that it was good. And the devil's going to do everything he can to present sin in front of you as something that is good, something that is delicious, something that you want to take part of. She saw the tree that it was good. And then, and then a tree desired to make one wise. Yeah. And the devil do everything he can to bring all this stuff up in front of you to make you think that the world out there is so much better than following God. But what happened whenever, whenever they, her and Adam both, when they both partook of the fruit, what was it that happened? Sin entered into them. Sin entered into the world. And, what did, and then what happened? And they both, they both physically died. That was the payment for their sin. But not only that, there was a whole lot more things that came with that. But sin destroys the family. It destroys you. It destroys your family. It destroys everything that it touches. And we see here the two paths which we can travel on. These two sons, they represent these two paths. What path are you on this morning? Is it your desire to keep living, down, to keep going down that path that just brings ruin and destruction and, and pain and misery and sorrow? I mean, is that the path that you continually want to keep going down? Or do you want to do something different? Do you want to say, you know what, today's the day that we do something different about this. Today's the day that we make a, a different decision to live our life a different way and do something different and change our path. And so we see this guy going down the sinner's path and he's filled with selfish pride. And all he's concerned about is what his father can give him. He says, Father, give me, give me, give me. That's all he's concerned about. Because listen, when we're, when we're out here living like the devil, we're out here living like the world, that's all we're concerned about is what the father can give us. We're not concerned about what we can give him. Does that make sense? We're not concerned about what we can give him. Listen, we ought to be because God gave us everything. Amen. Amen. Everything that you had this morning doesn't belong to you. The shirt that you're wearing this morning don't even belong to you. God gave it to you. Amen. He gave it to you. The car that you, that, that, uh, you drove, to work, uh, drove to church this morning, it don't belong to you. Those tires that are on it don't belong to you. The money that you have in, in, your, in, your, in your wallet or in your pocketbook, it don't belong to you. It belongs to God. You say, well, I work for it. God put the heartbeat in you so you can have it to work for it. God gave you the job that you got so that you could have it. Amen. It's exactly right. Listen, everything we got, we got on loan from God. God, we came into this world with nothing. We're going to leave out of here with nothing. But I tell you what, when I leave out of here, I'm not worried about carrying anything in this world with me anyway. I'm, I'm more concerned about what God's got for me up in eternity. Man, I'm talking about things that I'm talking about. It's so good up there. It is so good up in heaven that Jesus said himself, I've told you of earthly things and you don't believe. How would you believe if I told you of heavenly things? He said, you wouldn't believe it if I even told you. That's how good it is. He said, the mind, the, he says, it hasn't even come into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You can't even imagine it. You can't even think about it. So here you are. You're on two different paths this morning. You can either go down this path that leads to destruction or you can decide to go down this path that actually leads to life. And which path are you on? And as you're on that path right there, one of the things you're going to find out about yourself 
you're going to find out that you're more about selfish pride because it's all about what I can have, what I can, what, what can make me better, what can make me feel better. What, it's all about me. And notice what he said there. There in verse 12, he says, The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And so his son had no regard for his dad whatsoever. He says, you know, see, normally, normally, the dad would pass away or the family would, you know, the um, mom or dad did pass away and then the, divide, the inheritance is divided between the family. But you know what he wanted to inherit us before his parents even passed away. He says, Dad, he says, I want you to just go ahead and give me. Listen, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Before he left, before he left home physically, he had done left home here. Does that make sense? Or he had never been this way. He had already left home right here before he ever left home physically. The Bible says right here, he said, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. In other words, God, in other words, Lord, uh, uh, Father, I want you to give me what I'm supposed to have. Give me what I'm supposed to have. Listen, you ain't supposed to have anything. God don't have to give you anything. You say, oh, I've got it bad. I've got it bad now. No, we ain't seen how bad it can get. You know, there was people in the Bible that had it so bad that they ate their own kids. Did you know that? That's exactly right. There was people that had it, man, there was people that had it so bad in the Bible, it would blow your mind. The things that they went through, it was so bad. The Bible says right here, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And the Bible says, and he divided unto them his living. Now, he didn't have to. He could have said, I don't think so, son, and it's not going to happen. I ain't going to give you, I ain't going to give you this. You, you think you're entitled to this? You think you really deserve this? He could have said no. But you know what? Sometimes God will give you what you ask for to teach you a lesson. Did you know that? See, sometimes we're asking for things and we're not even sure why. Well, we're, not, we're not really sure the, um, the magnitude of what we're asking about. We're not really sure what we're saying. How many have ever looked back on life and said, you know what, man, I sure am glad, I sure am glad God didn't answer that prayer. That's exactly right. Listen, sometimes we're asking for things and we don't know what in the world we're really asking for because God can see down the road. He can see what you really need. He can see, what, he can see, what's, he can see what's in your heart. He can see what's in your mind. The Bible says He knows what's in your mind. He, he knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going to say. He knows what you're going to do. And so He knows exactly what you need in your life. And the Bible says right here, we see, this, we see sin's selfish pride. It was all about me. Get to verse 13. And notice the Bible says, And, and not many days after... The younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And so there in, in verse 13 we see sin's pleasure. Sin's pleasure. The Bible says not many days after the son he left. But as I said already, he had already left in his heart before he had ever left physically. He was already left. He had already gone. He had already made up in his mind that he wasn't going to hang around, that he wasn't going to stay right here. Man, this place is crazy. This, this place is dead. I, I don't want to be here no more. Man, I got I to gotta go somewhere else where I got to go somewhere else and do some. Man, I got to live life and I got to sow those wild oats while I'm still young. Listen, there's a lot of people that sow their wild oats that are regretting those today. They are reaping those wild oats and they wish they could cut that tree down, but it won't cut down. That's exactly right. The Bible shows us here in our text that the son he left went to the far country 
We see sin's pleasure. Not many days after, the younger son, he gathered all, gathered all together. You know what that means? That means he liquefied the assets. In other words, it would be like us saying, you know what, Dad, I want you to give me everything that I'm supposed to get. I want you to give me my inheritance now. And you take all of it and you go down to the local pawn shop and you say, all right, here it is. Just give me some money for it, whatever it is. That's what, that's what that means. He just went and traded it all in, liquefied everything that he had for cold, hard cash. That's all he cared about. He didn't care about what his father, he didn't really care about what, what, the, uh, what his father really had to give him. He just wanted to do, he just wanted the father to give him something so that he could just waste his life and do what he wanted to do because he knew better. I can live my life better over here. I can do what I want to do over here. I know better than my father does. I know better than they do. I can, man, I'll just go down there and I'll just live my own life, do my own thing. And, and he traded everything in, liquefied it all. And the Bible says, and notice the Bible says, and he took his journey because that's what it was. That was the sinner's path and he took his journey. And listen, we're on a journey this morning. We're on a path this morning. What path are you on? What journey are you taking? Are you going to keep going down the same path? Going down, listen, you know what? You know what the great thing, you know what the great thing is that you have the opportunity today is, is that you can stop where you're at and change direction. Isn't that good? You ever stopped and changed direction before? You ever been walking somewhere and said, uh, you know what, I don't think I really want to go that way and just went back the other way? You ever done that? Yeah. Maybe he was driving down the road. You said, you know what, I don't really feel like going over there. You just turn on, you come back home. Or maybe just walking down the road. You say, you know what, I don't really feel like doing that. So you just turn on, you come back. You see, that's the good thing about the opportunity that you have right here, right now. It's right here, right now, you have the opportunity to stop exactly where you're at and go in a different direction. But nobody can make you do it. You have to decide for yourself. Am I going to change direction in my life? Am I going to be the one that helps to make my life better through Christ? Or am I just going to keep going down this road? Am I just going to keep going down this road? Listen, it's insane for us to think that we can keep traveling down this road and expect things to get better and turn out different. Amen? It's crazy to think that. I mean, down that way is ruin and destruction and pain and sorrow. And how crazy is it for us to think that we can keep still going down in that direction and expect to come up with something different? It's not as crazy. Listen, the devil wants you to think that you can keep going down that road and you just might find a gold nugget. Listen, you ain't going to find nothing over there. There ain't nothing over there. But God's saying, listen, if you'll go down this way, there's two paths you can go this morning. If you'll go down this way, you'll find life. And you'll find life abundantly. Abundantly. And you have the decision and the opportunity this morning to change that. To change that with the path you're on. And so we see the sinner's path. We see the, the selfish pride. And then we see the, the sin's pleasure. And the Bible says he just gathered it all up. He took his journey and he went into that far country. Man, I'm going to go so far out there. Nobody even knows where I'm at. No, I'm going I'm to get so far out there in the world that nobody even knows who I am. They're not even going to know that I was, they're not even going to know that I'm the father's son. They're not going to know my name. They're not going to know what I've done. They're not going to know where I've been. I'm going to get so far out there in the world that nobody will even know anything about me. Listen, there's a lot of people out there that have gotten so far out there in the world that have gotten so far away from their father that you wouldn't know that they was a Christian for anything. There's a lot of people unsaved that are out there and so far out there in the world desperately looking and trying to find something 
and they're never going to find it in that direction. You ever been driving down the road? You ever been driving down the road and you saw a sign that said, wrong way? You ever seen that before? Now, if you're driving down the road, let me ask you this. Now, let's just be sensible. If you're driving down the road and you made a left turn, and when you made that left turn, you saw a sign on your path that said, wrong way, what would you do? Well, you'd turn around. Why would you turn around? Because it's the wrong way. Now, if you keep going the wrong way, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to get hurt, and you're going to hurt somebody else. Listen, how many signs does God have to place in your path to say, listen, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. You keep going this way, you're going to get hurt. You keep going this way, you don't get hurt. We say, well, I don't believe I don't. Oh, it's just a sign. What do they know? Wrong way. I'll go any way I want to go. And then, boom, you got in a wreck. And then you died. And now you're gone. You're out in eternity. And for all eternity, you know what you know? I went the wrong way. And now you can't turn around and do anything about it. Because it's done. It's done. And you got to decide this morning. The path that you're on. You got to decide this morning. Am I going to keep going down this way? Am I going to do something about it? The Bible says, we see the verse 13, sin's pleasure. And he says, not many days after, the younger son, man, he liquefied everything. He went on his journey into that far country. He wanted to get as far away as he could. And notice the Bible says, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Substance, everything he had, all that he had, he wasted everything. Riotous living means just that he was living a sinful life. In other words, he went out there and he, man, it was a no holds barred. I'm going to live any way I want to, do anything I want to, say anything I want to. Man, I'm just going to live it up. And I tell you what, it did all right for a season. For a little while, it all worked out. But the Bible says that he wasted his life. Listen, how many people wasting their life this morning? People going down the wrong way and they're wasting their life. I mean, I mean their father has given them so much and they could care less and they are just going down this way and they're living their own life and they're just wasting their life. Listen, the Bible says you go down this way, that's all you're going to do. You're just going to waste your life. Waste your life. You say, oh, well, you know, I'm going down this way and I don't really feel like I'm wasting my life. I mean, I got this and I got this and I have that and, you know, life don't really seem so bad to me. Okay, well, that's fine. Well, listen, what's going to happen when you die? You're not taking any of that stuff with you. As they always say, you never see a, uh, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. <laughs> never see one. Never see one. You know what's going to happen? You're going to die. And they're going to take everything you got. And the family's going to keep everything that means every, that, that they want, that means something to them. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be what we call a yard sale. <laughs> Let's face reality. There's going to be a yard sale. And your stuff's going to get gone to, the, near, to the, the, the best bidder that comes along. And it's going to either get given away or it's going to get sold at a cheap price. And that's what's going to happen. And it's not, going to, it's not going to do you any good. And you can say, oh, well, my life's okay. My life's fine. But listen, you know, you keep going down this way. And if you do have that in your life, it's only because God's blessing. 
God's just giving you another opportunity to turn around. But listen, whenever you, but whenever that time comes and your moment comes and you leave out of this world and you don't know Jesus, you're done. You're finished. The Bible says right here, we see sin's pleasure. And he wasted his life on riotous living. Man, people out here wasting their life on drugs, wasting their life on alcohol, wasting their life on pornography, wasting their life on, on all this stuff. Wait, the more concerned about their kids making the team, more concerned about their kids making this and making that and joining this and joining that than they are about their kids going to heaven. I'm being serious. I'm being serious, folks. We're living in a society today that's more concerned about their kids joining and making everything except for joining and making it to heaven. He took his journey to a far country and there the Bible says he wasted his life. And then verse 14. Then verse 14, the Bible, we see sin's price. Notice what happens. The Bible says that when he had spent all, when he spent all, there came a mighty famine in, and what's the next word, in what? What? In that land. You see, there's not a famine in God's land. Does that make sense? There's not a famine in the Father's land. There's not a famine in the Father's house. But listen, you can keep going down that way and, and you can keep, and you may live it up for a little while and it may seem like everything's good and everything's going great. But listen, there's going to come a point when there's going to be a famine and you're gonna and you're gonna be sitting there and you're gonna be, man, what in the world happened? I had this and I had that, and now that's gone, that's gone, that's gone. Because you keep going down this direction, and that's all this direction's gonna provide for you is a famine. Yeah, what does what describes a famine? Deadness, dryness, no life, no substance, nothing. And that's what he had. And why did he have that? Because he kept deciding to go in this direction. The Bible says that there was a famine in that land. Now there wasn't a famine in this land over here because this was where the father was. And the father knows how to take care of his family and, and, and they were all blessed by God and living an abundant life. But over here, over here everything was falling apart. Over here everything was dead and dry and gone and no life at all and and there's a lot of people, maybe even here this morning, they feel like that that's where their life is. Whether it could be something personally that they're going through on the inside, or whether it has something to do with their marriage and their home with their kids or whatever, or it could be their job, whatever it is. I'm talking famines. I'm talking dry periods. The Bible says there was a famine in that land. And the Bible says, and he began to be in want. In other words, he ended up spending everything he had and he didn't have nothing left. He spent everything that he had, everything that his father gave him. He spent it, he wasted it on riotous living. He went out there in the world and he wasted his life. He spent everything that he had, didn't have a care in the world. But listen, there came a moment, there came a time when the payday came. And when this payday came, we see he's now in debt and he can't pay it and he don't know what to do. And the Bible says he is in want. Now the next thing we see in verse 15, we see sin's pain. The Bible says, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He joined himself. 
Now, he had done been over there so long now. He done wasted his life, got to know everybody. I mean, oh, these are my buds. These are my friends, you know. I met them out here in the far country. I met them out here in the world. They're the ones that really love me. They're the ones that really care about me. And, I, you know, I don't want to be a part of that no more. And, and so he come out here in the far country, made a lot of what he thought were friends. And when he got out there, we see here, there in verse 15, that he got out there and he joined himself as a citizen of that country. Now, if you become a citizen of a country, what does that mean? Well, that means you get all the rights and the privileges and all that kind of stuff. You're a citizen. So he joined, he joined as a citizen of that country. Well, what does that country have to offer? I mean, now, if he's got all the rights and privileges of a citizen of that country because this path led him to that country, now what does he have? What is that country going to give him now as a citizen of that country? Well, let's take a look at it. Notice what the Bible says there in verse 15. He joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into and he sent him into his fields. Now, who would he represent out here in the world in the devil in, in, in the devil's world? It represent the devil, yeah. And the Bible says that he went out there. He joined into this country, and he, the devil himself, he sent him out into whose fields? His fields to feed what? Feed swine, to feed the pigs. Now, to a Jew, that was the lowest thing you can do was to feed the pigs. And now here he is. Oh, but man, this, but it's so good over here. And now here he is. Now here he is. He has nothing. He has nothing. He is in want. He, he, he has needs. They can't be met. He doesn't have anything. And so now he finds himself. He finds himself over here living in this country. He's become a citizen of this country. In this country, the best thing that it can do for him is offer him a place in the pig pen. That's the best thing it can do for him. The best thing that this country can offer him is a place in the pig pen. How many of you ever had any dealings with pigs? Some of you? Yeah. Did you ever want to live with the pigs? No. Why wouldn't we want to live with pigs? They're nasty. Disgusting. How many of you want to live with a pig this morning? No, nobody does. You know why? Because we understand that pigs are nasty. I'm not talking to the little, you know what I'm saying. And so he's out there living in this country and the best thing that that country can do for him is provide him the lowest thing that he would ever even want to do in his life. I mean, imagine what everybody back home would think if they saw him where he's at now. Oh, but listen, I thought in the very beginning this was the best place to go. I mean, you know, that is the best place to go. I mean, look at the living over there. It is so great. And then he goes over there, he wastes everything he's got and he finds out it's not as great as what he thought it was. You ever been disappointed before? You ever, you ever saw like an ad on TV and, it, man, they just really pumped it up. Man, this thing looked like it, it said it'd do this and it'd do that and all this kind of stuff. And, and then you actually went and bought it and tried to use it and it wasn't nothing like what they said it was going to do. Yeah. You ever been looking through like a recipe book and you see the picture of the food that they, you're supposed to make and then you make it and it don't look nothing like what that book said what's on there? Or you go to McDonald's or you go to a restaurant and you see this, you look at the menu and they got the food on there and man, it looks great and it comes out and it don't really look like what they brought you. Why is that? Listen, the world has a way of pumping things up. The world has a way of decorating things to make it look so good because the world knows that if they make it look good enough that just like a fish going to the bait, you'll grab a hold of it and you'll bite it and they'll be able to reel you in. And that's exactly what the devil does and that's exactly what the devil did here. But this time... 
This time he got over there and he said, you know what, man, this ain't nothing what I thought it was going to be. This, man, this, this kind of life isn't nothing what I thought it was going to be. And, you know, the devil paints this pretty picture. But reality is so much different. Reality is so much different. I know we're in a hurry this morning, but I can't let you leave until we see this. The Bible says, and he would have fain. Watch this. The Bible says, and he would have fain to have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. So we see sin's penalty. Sin's penalty. He didn't have anything. He lost everything. We see sin's power. No man gave unto him. Well, man, I thought these people were his friends. I mean, I thought this was the best place to go. I mean, I thought these people over here in this far country, that they had it all planned out, that he had it all worked out. I mean, man, I thought these folks really knew what was going on and how to live life. But then you go over and you find out that they really don't. That they're just masquerading around in the same, in some, with a facade and just trying to you know, play act and, and their life is really falling apart too. It's kind of like this right here. We get on Facebook and then we turn and then the reality checks in. Does that make sense? We get on Facebook and we smile and we make ourselves look the best we can. Oh, I love life. It's beautiful. And then we turn that thing off around the other way and then we do a check on ourselves. So you know what? It's not really as good as what's on that picture. And that's what he did when he got down there. He said, you know what? It's nowhere near as good as I thought it was going to be. And I can try to put on this mask and I can try to put on this facade and make it seem like that this life is good. But it's really not. And until we come to terms and grips with ourselves, nothing's going to change. And you can keep walking down that same path, but you'll always come back with the same thing. Nothing. Because that path doesn't have anything to give you except for sorrow. And heartache. The Bible says here, so we see sin's power. They didn't have, no man gave him anything. Man, he, wanted, he just wanted to eat the pig slop. He would be more than happy just to eat the pig food, but, 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 but he couldn't even eat that. I tell you what, sin's got a grip on a lot of people today. Sin has a grip on a lot of people today and, they, and they're hurting and they're suffering under sin's power and, 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 they don't have, and they're not getting anything in their life. And this is the turning point, verse 17. And the Bible says, and when he came to himself, you say, what does that mean? He came to his senses. He realized that where he was at and where he was going wasn't getting him anywhere. That was the great awakening. That was that moment when, when God just got a hold of him and shook him and said, hey, look around where you're at. Do you see where you are? Do you see where you're going? Would you pay attention? Would you look? It went all around you. Look at where you're at. Look at where you're at. And try to get you to see. Try to get you to see. And he had this great awakening moment in his life. Notice what he says there in verse 17. The Bible says, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? He said, and I perish with hunger. You know what that is? That's admittance. He finally admitted to himself that this path that I'm going down 
isn't helping me. It isn't doing me any good. When you admit to yourself that the way you're living and the path that you're going down isn't doing you any good, that it's not taking you where you want to go, you have to admit that to yourself. You have to honestly look at yourself and self-examine yourself and say, you know what, where I'm going, how I'm living, what I'm doing, it's not doing me any good. I, I got to do something about this. I got to change this. And you got to have that, that great awakening moment in your life. And that's what he had. He had this great awakening moment in his life where he said, you know what? I mean, he, he began to think about his father's house. He began to think about the father's house. And when he began to think about the father's house, he began to have this great awakening moment in his life. And he says, man, how many of the hired servants down there, man, they got food, they got enough to spare. And I don't have anything. I don't have nothing. And he admitted to himself that the path that he was on was taking him no place. And that's what we have to do. That's what you got to do this morning. You got to say, you know what? I, I see it. The path I'm on is taking me nowhere, and I got to do something about it. And notice what he did. So he admitted. Verse 18, he says, I will arise and go to my father's house and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. So what did he do? He admitted that the way he was living wasn't right. And then you know what he did? He repented of his sin and decided to go in a different direction. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to my father's house. I admit the way I've been living is wrong. I admit the direction I'm going is wrong. Listen, I've got to do something about this. I can't keep living like this. I can't keep going in this direction. I, 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 I just, I can't keep hurting like this. And I can't keep suffering like this. Man, something's got to change. And listen, it's only going to change when you do something about it. When you finally come to your senses and you say, you know what? I'm not going to keep living like this. I'm not going to keep going in that direction. I'm going to change my life. And you decide to repent and get your life right and you go in a different direction and you'll begin to see things a different way. The Bible says he changed like, man, he, he turned around. And maybe that's what you need to do is just turn around and notice what he said. He said, he says, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. So we see his humbleness. There, verse 20, listen, I'll tell you what. God has a way of bringing us to a humble life. Does that make sense? God has a way of bringing us into a humble place in our life if we continue to refuse and reject Him. Notice what happens. Verse 19. He says, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. I find it interesting there in verse 19. He said, make me one of the hired servants. You know, what I, you know why I found it so interesting? Whenever he said that, when he said, make me as one of the hired servants, you know what I saw? I saw that he understood that he understood that only God could make him anything. He couldn't make it. He couldn't, he couldn't do it of his own accord. He says, make me one of the hired servants. He, I mean, the hired servant, that was lower than a slave. I mean, you had the slave and then you had the hired servant. I mean, he says, listen, I'm not even, I, I'm just, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. I mean, I'll I tell you what, I've been out here living my life like the devil. I've been, man, I, I've committed so much sin. I mean, Father, you wouldn't even want me to come back. I mean, you wouldn't even want me to be one, you wouldn't want to call me your son. You wouldn't even want to call me a slave. I'll just be one of the hired servants. And he says, make me a hired servant. He knew that he couldn't even make himself the lowest of what his father could make him. He knew that only God could change him. Does that make sense? He knew that only God could change his life. 
He knew that only God was, he knew that his father was the only one that could make anything out of him. He couldn't make nothing out of himself. That the Lord was the only one that could make something out of him. And so he says, make me as one of thy hired servants. Verse 20, the Bible says, and he arose and he came to his father. I like that. He arose and he came to his father. But watch this. When he was yet a great way off. The Bible says there in verse 20, he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, the Bible says his father saw him and he had compassion. And he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And so you can just see the moment. He's over here and the father, he's always watching, always waiting for his children to come back. Always waiting on that backslider to come home. Always, always looking and searching for that lost sinner. And there he is on the front porch and he's a looking and he's a watching and he sees his son down there. He sees that he's on the way back and he saw him from a great distance. And you say this morning, oh, God would never want me back. If God, man, if God knew all the things I've done, listen, God already knows what you've done. He already knows what you've done. He already knows how you lived. He already knows what you've done. And he's still wanting to take you back. The Bible says that he came. And his father, they ran, he, he ran, he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And he said, and the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. And in thy sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. And we can see his shame. And we can see the guilt that he feels in his life. Because of the way he's lived. And because of the path that he's going. But notice what his father said. But his father said to his servants. Bring forth the best robe. Let's put a robe on this guy. Let's put a robe on this. Let's put a robe on, on this guy. Listen, he's my son. And let's put a robe on him. Listen, when you get saved, you wear a, what they call a robe of righteousness. You say, what is this? This is, this is the father showing his son and the rest of the world he belongs to me. And he may have walked in here with tattered rags. He may have walked in here with tattered rags, didn't have, didn't have nothing, wasn't carrying anything. He may, he may be coming back nowhere near like what he left. But I still love him. And he belongs to me. And so the father says, let's put on him the best robe. Isn't that good that the father is willing to put the best robe on you? He's not. He's not. He's not concerned about. Uh, he's not concerned about putting taking something that you know you get from the goodwill store. He's not concerned about nothing like that. He says, "Listen, let's let's put the best robe on him." Yeah, put the best one on him. But not only the best robe. You know what else he says? He says, "Let's put a ring on his finger." Let's put a ring on his finger. What does that ring represent? Oh, that ring represents. That he's, that he's the son of the father. That he, now has, that he now has prominence and he now has position because he's a son. And listen, when you get saved, not only do you put on a robe of righteousness, but you have the honor to call yourself a child of God. That's right, a child of the king. And then what's the next thing? He says, put shoes on his feet. Listen, he came in, he came back. He didn't have nothing. He didn't have shoes on his feet. And his dad said, listen, let's put shoes on his feet. Put shoes on his feet. Put a ring on his finger. 
Put the best robe you got on him. You know what that is? That's his restoration. That's his restoration. And God restored him. His father restored him. And gave him even better than what he had. Now listen, as we close this morning, I don't know where you're at in your life. But I do know this. I do know that God loves you. And he sees the path that you're on. And God's doing everything he can to put signs in your way. Maybe even come here this morning. You know you're on the wrong path. And God's using this message and this simple preacher to wave a hand in your face and say, listen, you're going the wrong way. You need to turn around. You need to turn around and go back the other way. You need to choose a different path. But listen, God loves you. And he gave his son to die for you so that you can go to heaven. And you have the opportunity this morning that other people passed up. And all the people in hell this morning, they would love, they would love to have your opportunity once again to sit right there on that pew and say, Father, forgive me for the sinner that I am. I believe, Jesus, that you died for me. And I'm asking this morning that you would wash me in your blood and I accept you as my personal Savior. And if you'll ask him today, he'll change your life. You say, preacher, how do I know? Because God don't lie. Because if he did, I wouldn't preach what he says. Amen. God don't lie. So wherever you're at this morning, you make sure, you make sure that you get your heart right with God. If you're lost, make sure you get saved. If you've gotten away from God and you're out there in that far country and you're saved, then God's telling you to come on home. And come home. Come home. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you so much, Lord, for being so good to us today. Lord, it is only by your grace and your mercy that we even have the opportunity to even sit here this morning. But God, I'm so thankful for who you are that you saw fit to reach down from heaven and reach into the slime pit of this world and pull this old preacher out. 